So you want to be on our shelf. Our shelf is looking good. Our shelf is looking really good. Yes. And we're going to tell you how to get on that shelf. In this episode of Audio Shelf Talks. <laughs> so get on our shelf and yep. listen up. Get on our shelf. <laughs> Welcome to Audio Shelf, a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. All right. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about what authors and narrators can do to pop up on our shelf. Yeah. Exactly. What kind of things are in the books that we're looking for Uh that we love? And why we have a shelf mm-hmm. at all. Yes. I mean, we need a place to put our books. Mm-hmm. So like that's the starting point there. But then also this was a concept that we came up with when we started Audio Shelf in 2016. Uh, hence our name, Audio Shelf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we really wanted to have kind of a nice uh, conclusion for our episodes. And so that's where the shelf it or shove it concept came up. Um, and we wanted to have... It's kind of like a an award. I mean, it's not it's not really an award. Like we don't send people like trophies and stuff. No, no. Like, oh, you won a place on our shelf. But Congratulations. It, yeah, but it's just our thing, uh, our star rating, mm-hmm. basically, is yes. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, we'll give a star rating, or we'll say that it, it's a keeper or something like that. But this yeah. is our way of of being original. Yeah, and saying this book was real good. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to understand. I mean, three and a half stars, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Is that good? Is that something that you would recommend? Is that... Something that I would like because we're all different people? Yeah. Like, what does it mean? So we condensed that star rating down to just being two different choices. Either we shelf it or we shove it. Sometimes we share it if we really feel passionate about the message, but not so much wanting to keep the book to ourselves. Yes. Um, so that's a little bit of the history of the shelf it or shove it. And now we're going to dive into the things that authors and narrators, what we look for, um, that get those books on our shelf. Yes. So let's talk about narrators Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. What do you look for in a narrator? What I look for in a narrator is somebody who not so much get, does different voices, For each of the characters, I don't think that you have to give a unique voice to everybody, but someone like Imogen Church or Caitlin Kelly Mm. or Kate Orsini. Yes. They do a great job with the attitude, the personality, giving something different that has not been explored Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. It's it's that acting mentality. Yeah. These people are literally diving into these characters' lives yes. to perform for you. And yeah. I think that's that's a skill that mm-hmm. a lot of narrators don't have. Yeah. Honestly, it taught us when we were doing Left Hanging. Mm-hmm. For me, it was I looked at the narrators that are on our shelf currently mm-hmm. and used them as inspiration for mm-hmm. how I could make each of my characters not just in a single lane, but like sharing the spotlight a little bit. I was exhausted after narrating Left Hanging. Oh my gosh, yes. I was exhausted. I was I was saying I was I'm all these characters, I'm putting myself in the in their shoes, 
how do other narrators do this mm-hmm. book after book? This is all they do. Yeah. Caitlin Kelly had like what, 10 books come out in last winter? Oh my God. It was just like, what? H- how do these people just jump into these different roles? And And that's why they mean a lot to us. And that's yes. why we created Audio Shelf to show people these narrators are giving these words justice. Yeah, to celebrate them. Because I mean... Lauren Ezzo, oh, there's God. only one of her, mm-hmm. and she does an impeccable job at what she does. And each narrator's different. Yes. That's the amazing thing, is that we can tell between Lauren, uh, Caitlin, one of the other ones that we love a mm-hmm. lot, we can tell the difference between who they are just by the voices that they give each of their characters. Yes, definitely. Oh, So I, when I look for a narrator, I'm looking for... Definitely the sass and the yeah. attitude that they give to their characters. If they, their emotions are there, if they're giving me deep, heavy sighs when their character is distressed, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, oh, please you, give that to me. You love a deep sigh. Mm-hmm. And Kate Orsini is the perfect example of that. She's just like, <sighs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she takes sign to like a new level. <laughs> she really does. And an image in church, like the fact that she can grumble when a character grumbles, uh-huh. she's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. you know, she'll and she'll meow. Yes. She will meow. <laughs> she gives life to cats. She gives life to cat life to cats. I don't even know what I'm saying. But <laughs> but it's just these people are really encompassing the emotion that the writers are putting into their into the words. Uh-huh. And I really love that. I do love a full cast album uh-huh. or not a full cast, <laughs> full cast, full cast album, album. Full <laughs> like cast. a Broadway show, <laughs> a full cast audio, but sometimes they're overdone. Yeah. So it has to be a unique situation and a situation that's really done well. Yeah. For instance, spin that yeah. was kind of musical, kind of, mostly audiobook, but it was done so well with Christine Vam and uh, Jim Dale, all these other masterful narrators yes but then there's the audiobook of lincoln and the bardo truly the worst (laughs) full cast audiobook i've ever heard in my life yeah and it wasn't done right when they sound like they weren't all recording it together they and each narrator sounds like they had a different passion level it doesn't work like you have to all share the same love of the book that you're reading and if you don't then your connection is not going to come across. The Favorite Sister yeah. by Jessica Knoll. Yeah. Three narrators, three main characters. Did it work for you? I don't remember it working for me. Uh, no, it did not. Yeah. No. Because each of the narrators were two, three different people. Yeah. And they didn't really mesh well mm-hmm. for the characters. They were all sisters in the book. Yeah. You're supposed to mesh well if you're sisters, if you're sharing the roles. And... Well, two of them were sisters. One of yeah. them was a friend. Yes. And but they were very close and they grew up together. So yeah. it's like you don't I feel like there's no chemistry. Right. But, you know, a trio of narrators that did work. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Midnight at the Electric. Yes. With Georgina Marie. Bailey Carr. And Fiona, Fiona Hardingham. Hardingham. And it's crazy how we can remember. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. If we can remember all three narrators in one <laughs> book that we read yes. a year and a half ago. Yes. But you, can't remember any of the, the it's narrators. It's right on our shelf. <laughs> it's literally on our shelf. Yeah. But we can't remember the narrators from books that we don't like. No. No, we can't. Mm. 
And I think that's the thing. It's like thing. playing with our memory. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, a narrator has to do the words justice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they have to make us feel something. Yeah. And I think they they go into a book. They don't approach a book being like, oh, I'm just going to like see it as a paycheck and just do it. Um, they They want to do the book justice. But sometimes the material that they're given um, is just a little bit weak. I mean, we've heard fabulous narrators that just weren't given the strongest material. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of caused our first interaction with them Mm -hmm. to be a shove. Yes. And that reminds me of a lot of indie books. Yeah. A lot of authors who they got to start somewhere and they got to have that that gateway to their writing. Yeah, absolutely. But sometimes the narrators don't work because of the material. Yeah. And that's the sad thing. And so when when it's cases like that, we try our very, very hardest to separate the work from the narrator. So one that remind that I'm reminded of is um with Tiffany Mars. Oh, with the dancing cowboy thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We weren't really jiving with the book. We didn't really connect with it. Um, I think cowboy romance really isn't our no. genre. Yeehaw. Which is totally <laughs> fine for other people. It's great and they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it wasn't. But we saw what Tiffany was doing and we knew that she was going to be a big narrator. She's yes. someone who has that voice and mm-hmm. she has that like go-getter attitude and she's great. Yeah, she has that personality yeah. and it's it's truly remarkable of what narrators have the power to yeah. do. And so I feel like for that one, I can't remember our outcome for it. I know we shelved the book, but I can't yes. remember if we shelved Tiffany. We shelved Tiffany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's still on our shelf. Yeah. I mean, we have her in a little bottle with air holes. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Tiffany's safe. <laughs> <laughs> So that is also a great segue for the discussion on authors. Yeah. Of what authors can do to make their books sit pretty on our shelf. Yeah. I mean, first, I would say it has to be eye-catching. Oh, my God. Yes. But then also the favorite sister was eye-catching and it didn't, Mm -hmm. uh, didn't get us. It was like one of those like chicken dumplings. Yeah. That fell off, like fell out of the pan uh-huh. when you're cooking on the stove. Uh-huh. And it's like, do I let that ruin my stovetop? And then you're like, yeah, I'll get to it later. Yeah, I'll get to it later. <laughs> and then when I get to it later, I'm angry with myself. Yes. Because I said, I should have took that off right yeah. quick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> your metaphors, your your analogies today have been yep. on point. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yeah, it, it starts with the cover for us. Um, that's what draws us in. And with, so which is the publisher. Yeah. Which is the publisher. Yeah. What what we've learned through talking with our the our author friends is they don't have much say in no. the in the cover. Which is surprising. So I would say for like production companies, like you can never do enough. It, it's I feel like it's almost easy to make a nice approachable cover. Yes. Even if it's an indie book. I mean, the, um, not woman in the window, um, the window man. Oh yes. That was a very short, that was like an audible exclusive. It Mm -hmm. was free. It was 10 minutes long, but it had an intriguing cover. It, it just, it didn't have to have like a creepy man, like poking his head through a window Mm -hmm. or like doing the obvious. It was just an object that had a nice font with it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, really, you just look on Pinterest. <laughs> you get lost. At some font combinations mm -hmm. and publishers, you can find exactly what you're looking for that will be approachable to yes, a reader. Definitely. And then another thing is this idea of a description. Yeah. Don't give everything away on the back of your book. Give, uh, you know, give us a mystery. Leave us to want more from yeah. the pages. I mean, that's what the description is supposed to do. It's supposed to just give us a little taste. And mm -hmm. then we're supposed to want to pick up the book and continue on. But I feel like with a lot of publishers of the smaller indie books, it ends up being a thing where they're just like, okay, well, all of the action-packed stuff happens in this thing. And so we need to describe all of the action-packed stuff that happens because that's going to be what draws people in. It's just like, no. Take a step back. Mm -hmm. Set yourself some limits. If you only get one paragraph of four sentences for a description, but it's powerful, mm -hmm. that's going to get you more readers than five paragraphs of the entire book. Yes. And then the opposite is please don't leave it so vague that we don't know what the book's about. Yeah. Like I hate when sometimes on the description, it's like a quote from the book. Yeah. Or it's like a wannabe quote that was never found, that never found its home in the book and mm -hmm. the author really wanted to use it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's it's just like, leave him alone or he will be free. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it's a book about like romance and i was like what what and then it ends up being about like angels or something yeah i'm like that was not enough yeah there's a couple that we read the description for and then we actually read the book and none of what was in the description took place in the book correct i'm like, like nothing what book were we reading <laughs> uh, yeah exactly like i felt like sometimes we got the wrong book exactly so you know that's kind of what the publishers can do to get on our shelves but yeah. the authors i want an author who has an original concept yeah who even if it isn't an original idea make it original yeah it, it, this isn't the first time you know an author for i'm talking about emily carpenter she it's not the first time an author has wrote a book about someone trying to take over someone's legacy at a company yeah but the way she did it was truly remarkable. Mm -hmm. uh, Kimberly Bell. It's not the first time that someone has faked their death. Yeah. Or plotted something. Yes. But she did it original. It's always there to elevate and to not confuse. So we had that uh, issue with Leanne Moriarty's uh, Truly Madly Guilty. Mm -hmm. Where the book... We had high hopes because we had just finished Big Little Lies. Yes. And we had gone to the premiere of that and everything like that. And we were really into this book and wanting it to be the same kind of ride that we had with Big Little Lies. Mm -hmm. But the problem was that how it was presented and how it flowed, it could have been novella length, 100 pages, and had the twist in there and not had this back and forth of like time jumps and party going and not party going and friendships ending and weird affairs and stupid little kids people dying dumb kids falling in <laughs> lakes or whatever fountains um there, there was just a lot going on and yeah. it was confusing to follow there was no focus right and so we felt that it was a a shove because mm -hmm. it didn't connect with us we didn't like the jumping back and forth and this is not to say that you know authors have to write books for us like 
we're not going to always be your target demo. That's a good point. But we're just saying that for a book to end up on our shelf, for us to see it as a success, like in our eyes, these are the things that we look for. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think we're all looking for something different. Yeah. I would love, I, I fall in love with stories about uh, kids finding out their identity yeah. and who they are. I love stories about, oddly, addiction and recovery and yeah. seeing someone beat it. And so we're definitely looking for That's things. weird. It's a gross. A beat it? Yeah. I meant like beat the, re- beat the addiction, not themselves. <laughs> I'm not talking about no, masturbating. <laughs> Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> you just slipped it in there. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> but we're all looking for something different in the books that we read. Uh-huh. And that's, and I like your point is just because we're saying this doesn't mean the other person, another person might not or might not enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, what ends up on our shelf might be on somebody Mm-hmm. else's shelf list or yeah. uh what's in our shelf pile may be on somebody else's shelf and mm-hmm. we've had those moments where i've shelved something and you've shoved something yes and vice versa mm-hmm. um we're all different and so we all connect with different flows of books uh voices of characters mm-hmm. i know you have had issues with people who have accents in yes, books. Yes, I do. I and, do. And I love them. Yeah. And so I always shelve those books and you always shove them. Mm-hmm. And then the opposite for uh, like the historical things. Sometimes yeah. you jive with those a lot more than mm-hmm. me. So you shelf them and I shove them. And it's all just personal preference. Mm-hmm. But And when an author really takes me into their world and gives me all their emotions and makes me go on this excursion Uh with the characters. Uh I, that's another thing. I'm like, I love this and that I'm just, I want I want more. Yes. And that's what I love about a book. Yeah. I'm very much into like the psychological thrillers. I would say that that's my favorite genre that we do. Definitely. And that's the one that I always want to be doing. Yes. And I really, I love this, this, idea of messed up people uh-huh. and these sick twisted people going after these poor sad desperate people and then the desperate people winning <laughs> yeah oh my god like those underdog stories yes. are the best yes i love it i love because you know they're that they're not an underdog but yeah these sick twisted people think they are yeah mm. and so you just have to wait for the underdog to figure out that they're not the underdog that mm-hmm. they have the upper hand and then when they do it's just like Light bulb moment, yes, heavenly angels singing. Yes. So I definitely like psychological uh, thrillers. You know, I think we also like our horror. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I really like the YA contemporary or, uh-huh. or rom-com. I'm reading that one, Red, White, and Royal Blue right now, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm already in love with it. Yeah. Chapter five. And I'm just like. Oh, my gosh. So it's real. Good. It's just really cute. Yeah. And I'm also reading like Honestly Ben, which is in the Openly Straight series. And that's why a contemporary. We also like our retellings. Yes. So we do like a lot of different genres, but they all have one thing in common. It's really deep characterization. Yes. And powerful authors that know how to build a world around those mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. And not make it so flipsy-flopsy or, or we're lost in yeah. the, the details. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
And also the author has to really love us too. <laughs> yeah, that helps when the author is like cool with us and like responds to our Twitter messages yes. or like retweets things. Sends like, us books. Books <laughs> <laughs> are so expensive. We're not saying that you have to stop talking, Brad. <laughs> no one's ever going to send us another book again. Uh, no, we absolutely cherish the authors that want to hear our opinions mm -hmm. and want to have this review of their book because we are very honest with our reviews. Um, and we, even if we shelf a book, we still find things about those books that we may not connect with. I couldn't agree more. All right. So now you have the tools to get on our shelf. <laughs> get on our shelf. <laughs> we hope that you take these that you can apply them if you want to. If you're a new narrator, um, maybe something inspires you, a narrator that we mentioned, you start following their work and you love them um, as much as we do. Yes. I am excited to continue our journey yes. on our shelf. And if you would like to interact with us and let us know what you think and your thoughts on what gets on your shelf or what gets on your shelf list, uh, find us on Twitter at AudioshelfMe and like us on Facebook at AudioShelf. And you can also follow us on Instagram at AudioShelf underscore podcast. We also have the really great booktube. <laughs> the booktube. The booktube, which you can find by searching AudioShelf in the YouTube search bar. We have like 23 subscribers. I 23? Was yeah. that 20 the other day? I know. <gasps> I know. Oh everybody's so great 23 doesn't sound big but when you just doesn't. started booktube yeah what, two weeks ago yeah yeah it's pretty big it's it's really nice and and i like i want to see more interaction and i want us to interact more with the booktube community as well it's just yes. so intimidating it's overwhelming yeah, like we don't know where to start because so, these are our faces yes if you're a booktuber and you're listening to our podcast at the same time please reach out to us and let us know how you first started and your awkward experiences yes, please, so we can be friends as i feel like we don't see those awkward experiences these no. people must be really good i know <laughs> we just need practice yeah we do we're uh, getting there though we're, we are getting there we are and if you would like to download two free books, please go to our website at audioshelf.me and click on the Audible affiliate link to download a 30-day free trial. You get two free books, people. Two free books. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Ooh. You can beat it, but you shouldn't right now. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Grab a sock. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. <laughs>